Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Friday, the 10th of July, 2020, and we're back with episode 158. We've got a fantastic episode today with Ryan Shaw. If that name sounds at all familiar, that means that you are a fan of Tesla and more recently, uh, at least interested in the new Tesla Model Y. Ryan, of course, has built up a fantastic following on his YouTube channel to the tune of nearly 30,000 subscribers. You can find him by searching for Ryan Shaw Tech, which conveniently enough is also his Twitter handle. Um, but yeah, so after exchanging a few bits of uh, chat over the last few months about our respective Model Y orders, it occurred to me, why not just have Ryan on the show? And so I sent him an invite and he very kindly agreed to do this uh, episode with me today. And we thought we would just have a nice discussion about our Model Ys generally, but then really kind of pull back and have a discussion about the entire autonomous vehicle landscape generally and kind of where things are headed. So look, I think it's a really fun conversation. Ryan was a real joy to chat with. So Ryan, a huge thank you to you indeed for doing this with me. Um, again, please be sure to search YouTube for Ryan Shaw Tech. Uh, check out his YouTube channel. It's really fantastic stuff. Be sure to subscribe and click the notification icon to be notified when new videos of his drop. One quick uh, announcement to make, the podcast blog of episode summaries for my podcast, what do you call that anyway? Is that a plug? Like a podcast blog? In any event, it's got a new home. I'm really thrilled to announce that it is now living over at Hogue and Co. Yeah, don't worry. It is still my podcast. Like 100% my thing, owned, produced, and... Uh, you know, totally, totally managed by me individually. It has nothing to do with our firm, but we just thought it made a lot of sense to to, to basically to, to host it over at our firm because why not? There was so much overlap as between the content that I discuss, obviously, and the, the services that we offer uh, clients that it just kind of made sense to put it there. Uh, so you can now find it over at hogandco.com slash podcast. So that's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O.com slash podcast. The episode notes in each blog entry are going to be more fleshed out, and I think you'll get a sense of that with today's if you head on over to hogancode.com slash podcast and you click on the entry for today's episode with Ryan, episode 158, I think you'll see that indeed I am sort of fleshing out the uh, the, the entries with a lot more detail about the particular episode, and then of course you can click through and listen to it on Apple Podcasts or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast platform of choice. Right, enough chit-chat. Let's dive in and get started. Episode 158 with Ryan Shaw of Ryan Shaw Tech begins now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, first of all, dude. Great to uh, great to connect and yeah, and uh, hear your voice live for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. All right. Well, look, uh, you know, this is just a super fun time to chat about our respective uh, new model wise. Um, mm -hmm. I should say though, funny, weird sort of disclaimer. I've noticed doing this podcast that uh, 
folks tend to get really up in arms whenever I talk about anything even remotely pro Tesla, let alone Elon. It's a it's a weird thing. Uh, okay. And so so what's funny about it is I've learned in the past to either A, not really focus too much on Tesla at all, which sounds absurd until you realize that there's a reason for this, or B, uh-huh. if I do, I tend to <laughs> I try, tend to try to remove any sort of subjective opinion whatsoever. That said, in this case, I just thought it would be really neat to kind of have a chat about the Model Y because frankly, who cares if there's any blowback? The truth is it is a big deal. I've often said, I yeah. think you've certainly implied as well that this might be the biggest deal on four wheels since Henry Ford's Model T, perhaps. Um, yeah. Or, I mean, to speak for you, maybe I misinterpreted or misunderstood. It's certainly my impression anyway. And uh, I just love to get your thoughts and uh, see how things are going. I know you've had a few technical issues and yeah. ultimately kind of pull back, get your thoughts on where things are headed in the AV space generally. Mm-hmm. Cool. So your Model Y is in the shop again, if I understand correctly. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, they were going to do the acoustic retrofit because that was one of those things I talked about in a previous video where it kind of feels like it was just a couple months early that they put this out because they've already retrofitted um, all future, all the ones being built right now come with this acoustic blanket around the AC compressor because it was getting really intense. Yeah, I had just read about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically they're... I reached out to them about doing that and uh, cause I, there was also another repair that I needed done that they hadn't been able to do yet. And so now they're adding that they were going to do it with a mobile service appointment, but basically mobile service came and was like, yeah, we feel safer because we haven't done this before if we do it in the shop first. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's good of them to be uh, cautious about it anyway. Um, yeah, and they were cool about it and, you know, gave me a Model S loaner, but I still, I prefer the Model Y, so. You know, um, I, I saw that you had said this somewhere, and I actually agree. I also briefly had a Model S, although now I'm forgetting when, I guess. Oh, yeah, it was a few months ago, my parents' Model 3. I had to drop that off for them, and oh, okay. I was given a Model S. Yeah, I think it was obvious, quite obviously more plush and, I guess, comfier in a squishy kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I wasn't really too fond of it, honestly. So I agree with you. I really do prefer the Y. I really do think it's the kind of perfect Goldilocks thing. But look, we've had some issues too. It was in the shop, Mm -hmm. but for a day, um, they did replace the entire front end of the car because there was some really embarrassingly small paint chips that I was actually almost embarrassed even to even complain about. But uh, no, I've been super impressed, um, you know, how they've taken care of everything. But, But kind of pulling back for a moment and then before really diving into kind of everything about you know, what Tesla and Elon are up to in the AV space, their robo taxi fleet plans and stuff like that. Stepping back for a moment, if I remember correctly, you're sort of, you, you've shared that you're not really a car guy. You never really were into cars. Is that correct? Yeah, not a ton. I mean, I liked cars the amount that all people like cars when I was younger, but yeah, I was never super into it. I really only got into Tesla because of the technology side of things. Cause I'm a super tech type of person and I'm getting more into cars now and like seeing them on the roads and stuff. Uh, and I appreciate them more now, but yeah, I didn't grow up like loving cars and being obsessed and then getting a Tesla or anything like that. Do you think that's part of the appeal behind Tesla generally? Because growing up as a car guy, we kind of foolishly delude ourselves. And so my dad used to race competitively way back in the day. So Mm -hmm. when I say I'm a car guy, I mean, I really am hopelessly. So always have been. And you know, we, we've we kind of delude ourselves into thinking that everybody 
is into cars and everybody loves cars and everybody quotes all the stats of all the cars. And then you realize eventually that's just not true. And there's something seriously wrong with me for being able to do so. Um, but, um, you know, I wonder (laughs) is maybe part of that. Let's see, does Tesla in some ways maybe appeal more to non car people? Yeah, I definitely think so. Cause most tech people that I know that are into tech and like, you know, always have the newest iPhone or whatever, their, at least their dream car is a Tesla. And even without much knowledge of how it competes with other cars, they just love the fact that it's like so software based and it's electric and it feels like a like an electronic device that you would be into as opposed to like a normal car. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I agree. People are really buying into it for the tech. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and the software updates are pretty big too, I think, for people. Yeah, it really blows my mind that other automakers haven't jumped on the ball faster with that, to be honest. That seems like such an obvious uh, Mm -hmm. cost-saving thing, potentially, honestly. I mean, I have just read, you may have heard this as well, that BMW have, I think, announced, if not at least suggested, that henceforth, all the options list of things are going to be software upgrades that you can just choose to add. Like, for instance, you can add heated steering wheels or heated seat warmers in the wintertime and then discontinue it in the summer. Oh, really? It's... It sounds like nickel and diming, but I suppose theoretically there's some merit to it. I don't really know, but yeah, uh, I guess that, that'll yeah. be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. So and then okay, Ford so, is mm-hmm. uh, Ford is going to do over the air software updates with the Mach E. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I had forgotten about that. That's true. What, what do mm-hmm. you think about that thing, by the way? I saw some specs. I got to do more research on what it's actually going to be, but based on the specs that they announced it at, I think it's going to be pretty solid. Uh, competitor, especially since they have the uh, EV tax credit still, the 7,500. Oh, yeah. um, and so I'm looking forward to it and seeing it, and I'll love to test drive it. It looks like it should be pretty good, but from what I've heard, it's like it's a much bigger battery pack that's getting less range. So at this point, it's they're probably going to be losing some money on it. But you know, if it helps them get to a better EV in general, I think it's a great thing. I mean... That seems to be kind of par for the course for everybody, right? Bigger battery yeah. packs, less range. I mean, it seems like it really is a genuinely tough thing to solve. And somehow Tesla have done it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ford generally. My college car was actually a Mustang. I did a lot of work to it, did a bunch of track days with it. So uh, I'm a huge fan generally, not to mention I just obviously more competition is always better for everybody because, of course, Um mm-hmm. I think the Mach E is a bit funny looking, but it is cool. Yeah. I agree. The back, the back looks like they really tried to make something look like an EV or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on. It is cool, but I'm going to say what I've kind of always said, which is so. Well, okay. Just looking at the Chevy Bolt, which, by the way, I've been a huge fan since ever. Have you had a chance to drive one ever? I never drove one, but that was the car I was considering before I ended Dude, up. Dude, it's. Them. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic little thing. And when I say little, that's mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous because if I'm, I, I remember I actually checked the interior dimensions and it was near as makes no difference identical to the GLC that my wife and I had for three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that little yeah. package is, you know, it, it's got a ton of volume. It's really useful. It's really peppy, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. I really liked it a lot. So I don't know. I think that the, the only thing that's really going to be holding back other contenders isn't necessarily the vehicle. It's a little bit of, I think, team team uh, worship stuff for Elon and 
you know, Team yeah. Tesla, of course, at this point too. But even putting that aside, I still think it's a lot of what you just said. It's both the software updates generally, but also crucially, it sounds almost elementary to say it, but it really is the supercharger network. It, the thing yeah. just works. It's just freaking awesome. Yeah, that and that and autopilot were what convinced me. Of course, that I need to pay the extra. Yeah, to get a Tesla. You know what's funny is I've I've found as just now I've sort of stopped volunteering that that might be a reason because to your point I think a lot of people aren't necessarily car people but on the other hand they are tech people nevertheless I'm mm-hmm. pretty surprised at how many folks either didn't option their Teslas with autopilot or even if they do have it like in my parents case they're in their 80s I somewhat naively encourage them to get it because I thought it might be safe eventually <laughs> for yeah. them to use uh, perhaps it's best they don't yet rely on it I suppose. Um, Hey, so real quick about your, po- your your podcast, you've got an amazing thing going. I discovered it a while ago. If folks haven't yet th- haven't yet discovered your your show, it's it is called Ryan Shaw Tech, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. yeah, for sure. No, it's really great stuff. Um, I'm just curious though. So how how did you get into the? I mean, I guess the Model Y was the obvious thing to loop into, but were you doing a mm-hmm. lot of other things prior to that? Because frankly, that's how I discovered you was with Model Y news. Uh, yeah, I mean, before that, I've always like been into making videos and doing content stuff. So I was doing like a pretty regular thing to try to build up a YouTube channel for jazz drum lessons, because that's mm. what I do as a profession. And yeah, then loading up your Model Y with all your, your kit and gear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why, in particular, I got the Y instead of the three, right. so that I could fit that a lot easier. But uh yeah, so I've always been into that stuff. It's not like I went out of my way to make videos. Uh, but when the Model Y came around, I was really wanted one. I've always wanted a Tesla. And so I just figured I'd start a YouTube channel because I saw other people, like the bigger ones like Andy Sly and Ben Solens and stuff, but then also people like Tesla Raj and Dirty Tesla, all these people that have a YouTube channel that does fairly well just because they're making videos about the cars and they're fun to watch. And I was like, I I could do that. And so I just decided instead of waiting to get the car, I would just start the channel and start talking about it and talking about the new news about it. And yeah, it seemed like I was pretty much the only one for a minute talking about the Model Y. And so it ended up taking off pretty quickly, which was pretty great Uh, and total shock to me. I had no idea that would happen. I mean, and but then, you produce really nice videos. I mean, the the lighting oh, and the setup you. you have is pretty swell. Thank you, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. If you go, I mean, if you go back to the first couple, they're not that way. Uh, <laughs> As it should it be, I suppose. Okay, and it's edited okay, but uh, yeah, I definitely didn't go all the way out until it started gaining more of a following. And yeah, now I've made sure that you know the lighting is better, and I got a better lens for the camera and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, so I've just kept doing it, and uh, I just made a video recently about how I've kind of, with that and with, like, uh, recommending affiliate products, but also just uh, just putting links to, like, the camera gear that I use in the description and stuff, oh, I've yeah. actually been able to make a little bit of money um, that's helped pay for the car, which is pretty pretty great and total surprise to me. Well, that's pretty awesome. And I think I saw that you're already, you are already... Um... What, renting out your car on Turo, is that correct? Yeah. How did you have the guts to do that so quick, man? I'd be scared <laughs> to let anybody touch this thing already. <laughs> um, I don't know. I might have seen other people do it. And then uh, I've heard of people renting, like 
renting a car to check out on Turo. And I just figured I'd put it up there because the average person that's just looking to get a car probably isn't going to try to get a Model Y right now. So it's mostly, and this has been the case, it's all been people that have been wanting like to do a test drive but haven't been able to. And so they rent from me and then they're able to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so they're presumably going to fall into one of two camps, either super kind of careful, you know, very respectful of your new Model Y, or they're going to be completely the opposite, which I think is the fear (laughs) factor. (laughs) Yeah. And just try to drive the heck out of it. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I have been, I'm not planning on doing that full time or anything. And it, it is like, you know, the car is gone for the day if I need to go do something. But especially right now, I'm I'm at home a lot, and so it's been mostly fine. And but I do worry about it being gone. No, for sure. Well, but look, this is the perfect segue then to talk about where things are headed, because frankly, this is exactly the correct use case, isn't it? I mean, this is where mm-hmm. things are going. Um, this idea of letting your Tesla sort of make money for itself. I guess the holy grail of car ownership is what negative cost of ownership, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an interesting learning curve. Um, I think it is dependent on folks, especially folks like me who have always been a car guy, as we say, but then even for you who decidedly loves your Model Y to really start to view it more as an appliance and less as an emotional car thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to be one of the necessary tipping points psychologically. It sounds ridiculous to say it, but let's face it. It is kind of true. People care about their cars to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I've suggested in the past, I'm curious what you think, that 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 emotional bond won't really truly be severed unless and until we actually remove steering wheels from cars. What do you think of that? Yeah, that probably makes sense because it's like your thing that you're controlling and you whatever you do to it, uh, you know, lasts if you dent the side of it it's going to be there or you'll notice that it got repaired there or something there will be some sign that it had to be fixed and so yeah once it removes the steering wheel i feel like because you're not controlling it it's just this thing that takes you from point a to point b and it's probably going to not cost as much because the cost is the big thing as well like you want to take care of this product because it costs so much money but if it's like paying for itself on its own, or if you're, it gets to a point where we're just renting cars when we need them or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. It will get to that point. Yeah. And it's a pretty liberating feeling, actually. I remember the one time that I finally went to LA, went back to LA and uh, didn't actually rent a car. I thought, hey, this weekend, I'm just going to try to Uber around everywhere. My wife was really surprised because she knows how much I enjoy just renting different cars for fun when I get the chance, mm-hmm. because why not? And uh, not to yeah. mention, I genuinely just love driving through my old stomping grounds. My favorite loop, you'll probably be familiar with, is from Westwood to Sunset Boulevard to PCH, up across to Panga, back down the 101. I just love this stuff. I did it for years, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. But instead, I'm like, nope, I'm just going to try Ubering around. And it blew my mind, actually, just how incredibly, yeah, liberating it was to have that, especially in LA, which, okay, sure, I missed driving, but look, to go out for an evening on the town, it was obviously better, obviously easier. And yeah. I thought, okay, Don't well, and parking. It, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I'm a huge fan of where things are headed. I mean, uh, I've actually heard that the Model 3 already is, d- do you know the steering wheel actually can be removed already? Really? 
Yeah, or so I've heard. I've not seen it done, but I guess yeah. the factory can, in fact, just remove it. And they've actually got a like a dummy sort of placeholder thing to to, to fill up the hole left huh. on the wheel. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that they're thinking of that already because it, it seems like in their mind they're super close I mean, to getting to that. So let's talk about this, right? So they've 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 got the the, the cabin facing camera as well, right? Mm-hmm. You've heard about this, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how do we even define close anymore, right? So one of the things we've talked a lot at our at our company actually is this notion that you've got these crazy slipping timelines forever, and everyone's starting to almost badmouth the entire AV industry, the entire AV uh, movement, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've often said, I, I just think that's a bit silly. It's a bit unfair because this is a really difficult thing to get right. And people just didn't even know what they didn't know about it. So yeah. I agree they're perhaps relatively close-ish, but I don't see, I mean, even putting aside the need for legislative approval and regulatory approval and blah, blah, blah. I don't see any of this really coming to fruition within three years at the earliest. I mean, an actual mm-hmm. robo-taxi functionality. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. I, I'm totally at the earliest. At the earliest. Yeah. I agree. And I, I, I might even think it's longer than that if we think yep. about three years. Because, the you know, the Model 3 has been out for three years at this point. Yep. And yep. it still seems like a fairly new car. So, yep, totally. Yeah. I, I would peg it somewhere on the closer end of somewhere between seven and 10 years. Pop, yeah. Realistically, five, but yeah. It, yeah, for it to actually, like, you park, get home, and tell it to go out and make you money, it's, it's going to be a long time. Yeah, for sure. What are your thoughts on? Oh wait, but you don't. You didn't. You um. Hmm, you didn't option in autopilot yet. Is that correct? Uh, well, it comes with the basic autopilot, or, but then I I did recently just buy full self driving. Oh, did you? Oh, cool! Congrats, man! Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad I did. Mainly just for the lane changing, because before autopilot's great and it does the lane lane keeping, but if you want to change lanes, oh, that's uh, true. It, yeah, it's made yeah. for it. You know, like you press the blinker and then this the wheel. It, you don't have to like rip it out of that position you know what it's like when you try to take it out of auto steer so that is a thing that really annoys me and i say it annoys me it really annoys uh any passenger in the car so my wife for instance she's generally pretty fine with it and she can definitely tell because you know passengers i think tend to be in some ways more sensitive to kind of upsetting motions in the car because they're not the one in control of the car i suppose you could say um She's already said quite plainly that there's it's definitely a better experience with the latest software updates to what she first experienced with my parents, say, a year or two ago. Hmm. Um, that said, you're right. As soon as you try to rip control away from autopilot, it requires so much force that by the time it breaks free, it like jerks the car aside, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with – but they do a good job, I think, of that with if you need to make a lane change on normal autopilot – when you click the blinker, it's a lot easier to get mm-hmm. the steering wheel to 
unlock or whatever, I guess, because it's not locked, but you know, right. it's harder. Uh, but it's way better with just the auto lane changing at this point. Um, and yeah, I've had that same experience. I've kind of gotten in the habit of now, anytime I need to exit autopilot, instead of doing the steering wheel or the you brake, just I flip press the control up stock. The, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Just up on the drive stock. It's much easier and much, uh, more fluid. Totally agreed. Um, yeah. And I actually finally started to get properly comfortable, I think with navigate on autopilot using the auto lane change did a couple of several hour drives the last couple of weeks that we've had the car. We've already put over a thousand miles on it, of course. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, um, I would say it's almost finally properly confidence inspiring for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I still feel like it's a student driver. I did also yeah. test it on a bit of a twisty back road and it felt decidedly like, an adorable old grandma say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, on freeway usage, I think it, I think it's safe to say it pretty much shines. I've pretty much been relying mm-hmm. on it almost exclusively at this point on the freeway. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. The main thing I see is just the difference between like a, yeah, it's, it feels like a student driver sometimes like the, if a truck changes lanes in front of me, but in they're like from, they go from my lane to another lane and they're changing and then they slow down, it's like autopilot slams on the brakes. It is a bit and slow at like, that still, isn't it? What, yeah. That's not what I would have done. I would have just, you know, slowed just a tiny bit, or I would have just gone around them, just went a little bit to the left side of the lane or something. And there's there's a lot of cases like that, or where you just feel like it's making the driver behind you angry because it's so cautious. So it feels like it's safe, like it's not probably going to get into an accident, but the accidents I'm most worried about are like getting rear-ended or something. So that's a really good point. So a couple of months ago, yeah, I was driving my parents' Model 3, and uh, I don't know how well you know San Francisco, but regardless, it was a pretty slow, densely trafficked uh, island-divided, or I should say center-median-divided boulevard. And in that median, there were these these plants with kind of weeds and flowers sprouting out of it, right? And uh-huh. it was pretty stop-and-go traffic, and you could probably see where I'm going with this. But at one point, it suddenly phantom braked on me pretty damn hard, actually. Yeah. And I guess what had happened was it interpreted those speeds that maybe the one of the plants was indeed a thing to avoid. Mm-hmm. That was pretty startling. I thought yeah. for sure the car behind us was going to hit us. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the a... worst thing that I've had happen. Yeah. I don't know if I've had one that extreme, but I've had one or two cases of phantom braking where I just like have to slam on the accelerator, which is interesting. Yeah. That's a good point. Something I guess I've had a few of those. Doing. Yeah. 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 So, well, let's talk about the safety aspects then, right? Because I mean, one of the things that a lot of, so I feel like there's two kind of schools of thought, right? So there's one camp which says, um, and forgetting Tesla for a moment uh, to, to minimize listeners yelling at me at some point anyway, <laughs> um, forgetting about Tesla uh, with respect to AV tech generally. Right. So, so yeah. I, I feel like one school of thought says um, even if, if the technology saves one additional human life per year, then we've got to deploy it as fast as possible. The other school of thought seems to say, Nope, we, we, we can't have this. It's, it's gotta be, basically perfect like the, what is it the rule of five nines like 99.99999 percent safe or something and mm-hmm. i just i uh 
I haven't really heard a compelling argument for that, that dissuades me from, frankly, the first school of thought, which is, yeah, I think that any, any uh, number of lives saved is a win, period. Am I missing something? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I, I agree with that. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. So that's good. But then, so how do we, how do we, um, so what's the argument with a bunch of admittedly really smart folk who just take a very different point of view. So there's this, um, you know, because then, okay, going back to Tesla again for a moment, there's, there's this huge outcry, right. About even calling it autopilot. I mean, as an aviation fanatic too, frankly, I loved that when I first heard it and I still think it's perfectly fine, but I'm sure you've heard this, right. A lot of folks say, Hey, it's disingenuous. You can't do it. It's false marketing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, any particular thoughts on that? I feel fine with the name autopilot because um, I've never, I, I don't know, maybe as someone who knows about aviation, you could speak more to this, but I've never thought that a pilot could, it might be possible, but I've never thought that a pilot literally just presses autopilot and it does 100% of the thing for you. Uh, I've always thought that it's at least doing most of it. Could be again totally wrong on that, but full self driving is the name that I feel weird about still. That's an interesting point. I like that distinction. I had, I've actually never heard that particular way of putting it. Uh, yeah, that's good. So in other words, okay. So so you're okay? I, yeah. On the autopilot, am I right, or can a plane literally take off and land? Do the um, entire technically, ride? technically, they probably could take off. As a matter of as a matter of course, they do not. Full auto land, they absolutely can and will do when needed in so-called mm-hmm. zero zero conditions, meaning zero visibility at zero altitude, provided the flight crew, the aircraft, and the airport obviously support that. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, and then even in flight, you're right; it's not literally pushing a single button. Indeed, you've got to you know program the flight computer to do whatever it needs to do at whatever altitude, whatever waypoint. But yeah, once the autopilot is engaged, which typically occurs a few thousand feet after taking off. Uh, depending on factors, um, yeah, it's essentially flying itself uh, mm-hmm. pretty much like, entirely. Yeah, yeah, it, it really actually is uh, flying itself all the time. Uh, I, I think they say that pilots typically, uh, you know, manually fly aircraft pretty much like what three, four, five percent of the flight, take off and landing okay. generally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, that seems similar, honestly, to how much I drive my Tesla. Mm-hmm. I because I love using autopilot and uh navigate on autopilot whenever i can like it's like i get to the freeway and then it's doing it does the freeway and then i get off the freeway or whatever well speaking of freeways do you find that you've i mean i guess it's a bit of a silly time to ask it with covid and everything but i mean there's no traffic actually how is traffic in la these days is it picked up again it's getting back yeah it's coming back I'm not going to lie. It sounds awful to say it, but I was kind of missing having, or I was kind of liking having no traffic. I'm almost missing oh, it. Oh, yeah, me too. I could get, <laughs> it sounds I could awful get across, to say it, but. <laughs> I could get across LA in 25, 30 minutes. Hey, man, I still, I think I still hold the record. I figured out a way to get from, uh, from West LA, so like Beverly Hills, Westwood area, up and over mm-hmm. to the valley in 20 minutes on a Friday during rush hour. It's just taking the that's, canyons over. That's pretty impressive. Works every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, so I, uh, yeah, do you, so, okay, so now that traffic's picking up again, do you, do you find that you've tended to embark on journeys that you might have otherwise avoided because of the traffic, simply because autopilot now makes it less burdensome? Sorry, that's a really leading question. Uh, do you find you that traffic bothers you less? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, 
like sometimes I'll even purposely take the freeways instead of doing like the ways route that would route me a bunch of turns and oh, save me five minutes because well, if point. autopilot's driving for me, it's like an extra five minutes just sitting there and having it do most of the work is fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I've read this elsewhere from others and I've certainly been the same way. Um, and I agree with you too. I, I would, so this then leads to kind of the double-edged sword element of any sort of an autonomous future, right? Which is that I, I call it sort of the, the virtual, you know, it's sort of like adding virtual lanes to a freeway. Obviously if you add lanes to a freeway physically, uh, like they've done with the 405, that works for like seven minutes and then it fills up again. Right. Yeah. And so I wonder, you know, adding, you know, and, and if every car had even Tesla levels of autopilot, and I think in the UK, there was a study, I don't know how official this was, but it showed something like Tesla owners drive by far further and more frequently than any other type of vehicle owner. Huh. And, and that didn't necessarily surprise me because that's kind of what I'm getting at, which is if indeed semi-autonomous technology like autopilot Never mind eventual level four and certainly level five tech. You know, once that becomes a thing, it's going to indeed produce more traffic problems rather than less, right? Unless there's a way to disincentivize people from doing precisely that, right? Yeah. And and so it raises a question about sub, like, real estate, right? So have you thought about this? I mean, do you think this could end up driving up real estate prices generally, say in the suburbs? I guess yeah, it could because right now, like. It, it's already happening. I mean, you see it around San Francisco. I see it here uh, in LA. I'm in a s- suburb, I guess, because um, on a bad day, it could take me an hour and a half to get where I need to go uh, if it's in like West LA. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's like less of a stress on me. I'm in, if I can pay less to live further away because the car is going to help out with that uh, and make that drive a lot simpler and easier and more relaxing for me. So yeah, I can imagine that if that happens for most people, then they're like, well, I can live further away. I can pay less. And then that ends up just driving the prices up. Yeah. And I guess it's also compounded now, you know, with the old COVID uh, Mm -hmm. motivated exodus from cities generally, right? It's a weird sort of perfect storm leading towards the value. So I started calling Tesla the, what did I call it? The, uh, PEV, pandemic escape vehicle. <laughs> All right. I mean, like when you think about it, I, I feel much safer in an electric car generally, Tesla or otherwise, just getting from A to B if necessary. You don't have to deal with gas stations, potentially running mm-hmm. out of fuel, et cetera, et cetera. And, but yeah, I mean, with respect to suburbs, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's an amazing shift that we could see because you're right. People are genuinely moving out of cities uh, to the suburbs, mm-hmm. first of all. And then you're right. If, if they still needed to commute at some point when the world gets back to some modicum of normalcy, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you're right. Now that they're in the suburbs, if commuting is less of an issue, then so what, right? What's going to mm-hmm. keep the price of suburbs down? I mean, it's... A- yeah, and I think also on top of that, there's going to be the whole thing. It feels like a lot of companies have been forced to move to online, and then they're going to realize that it works fine for a lot of the jobs that they have, and they're going to make employees commute less once this all you know, eventually gets to a place where going back into the office is normal again. There's going to be a lot of companies that just want their employees to stay at home. And if they don't need to be close to the office, they can just live further away. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I know 
you know, our team is totally remote um, mm-hmm. all over the globe. My wife's company is based in the UK and they've, you know, they're, they're, so they've been essentially remote anyway. I guess that's yeah. sort of the critique though, um, for better or worse, that it does unfairly benefit folks in the tech sector. And so then the question becomes, well, kind of what happens to everybody else, right? The, the service workers mm-hmm. and the, um, I would like to believe, however naively, to, well, to the point that you just made, that, well, it, that an autonomous future should actually facilitate folks not in the tech space precisely because it makes it easier to, well, live further away more affordably and yet still make it easier to commute into you know downtown areas to do their work, right? That, that, that yeah. should be the optimal solution, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll... It's going to be crazy to see what happens over the next few years, because once that happens, I mean, people, I think in most people's minds, self-driving kind of gets to the extent of you buy a car that can drive itself for you. And that's great. But I think beyond that, it's going to get to a place where a lot of people aren't buying cars because they'd rather do something like Uber. But if Uber is literally self-driving and it's able to get cheaper because of that. It's going to be the cheaper option than even buying a car. Yeah. Well, have you seen those charts that show the average cost per passenger mile for the different, you know, for the full spectrum of transportation, right? So like a privately owned human driven car with no occupants or something is like uh-huh. what, 450 a mile, I think, or three, I don't know, a few dollars per mile. Right. Yeah. But on the, complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is a shared autonomous electric car. It drops to something like four cents a mile per passenger. <laughs> Dude, it's like mind blowing. It's, it's like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's like, there's no comparison, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once the technology gets there, it's going to move to that really quickly. So that's what I'm hoping. And that, and you're right. I, I sort of, I'm kind of assuming that's the case, right? There's going to be sort of a tipping point. Everyone's just sort of like, well, obviously this is the way it should be. Right. And I think, <laughs> We're already seeing it with electric cars generally, at least in California. Did did you? I'm sure you caught the fact that Model 3 is now the fastest selling vehicle of any vehicle class in California. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is mind-blowing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone not in California is going to say, yeah, well, it's because it's California. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Nevertheless, that's a really big deal. Yeah, it is. So There's so a yeah, lot of people in California that could afford, you know, whatever other car instead of a Tesla. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. And I think that's a really, really big point because we're seeing both things happen, right? We're seeing folks who might not have spent quite that much money on a car generally. Um, mm-hmm. And yet they're, they're stretching to make it happen because they see the obvious value. I don't think yeah. these are people that are necessarily doing it. Oh, because it's cool. It's like the new iPhone was back in 08. But genuinely, they see the, the financial value of doing so. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You see folks on the other end who are saying, hey, yeah, sure. I had a wonderful, beautiful, you know, $100,000 Mercedes S-Class, which I loved. And let's be honest, these are fine, fine automobiles, to be sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, hey, for a day-to-day, it's like I always say about why I've got a record player. I, I love my record player. 
uh, you know, sure, day to day, I listen to music through what Spotify, I guess. Yeah, and I'm certainly not going to take my record player and plug it into the car, obviously. Um, but on a weekend, now and then, sit down, put a record on. I love it, and I think that's always going to be my view towards conventional cars generally. Right, mm-hmm. you got your electric car for day to day, and then you've got your fun gasoline car for weekends or track days. Yeah, say. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think I think there's a lot of Tesla people out there, Tesla fan like fanatics that think. They want a future where like there's only Teslas on the road or there's only electric cars at least. But I've, I even feel like some people are as extreme to only want Teslas on the road. But it's like I, I still sense. want to have the option for fun to go, you know, get in a gas car and oh, have it sure. be the like fun thing that you're doing. Not the thing that everyone's doing and, you know, putting into the atmosphere all these fumes, but just like the fun thing that you get to do every once in a while. And people have like. Yeah, like you were saying, the record player. It's their fun car that they go drive every once in a while. And day to day, it makes sense. It's cheaper to just charge up with electricity. I mean, I'm that weirdo who can actually recognize what car something is just by the noise that it makes. I mean, I'll jump uh-huh. up under the balcony just to catch a glimpse of a McLaren driving by. So, yeah, exactly. That, that, you know, I'll always have that thrill. It's not going away. I mean, as silly as it sounds, as cliche as it is to say now, I think Elon said this too. I mean, really, the analogy comparing a conventional gas burning gar is just like owning a horse it'll be for fun mm-hmm. and for sport yeah um, so okay so i guess who's who else i mean you, you've said a few times and I, and I love hearing you say this that like you know you're, you're excited about any any uh players in this space right it doesn't have to be yeah. just tesla obviously and i agree 100 mm-hmm. percent uh people have often criticized me for being one of the tesla fanboys. i am a fan but mm-hmm. i'm also pretty critical when things aren't so great and yeah me too I, yeah, you, you absolutely are. You I get flack for that as well. <laughs> Wait, you get flack for, for, for criticizing them? Oh, yeah, 100%. There's, oh, I get, like, if I did that, I did a video about the Model Y. I know, I know. There. I saw it. I thought it was great. You had a whole checklist and everything. It was great stuff. Uh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. That that was the goal, you know, to point out the problems that I had with mine and people yeah. might want to wait a little bit. And So you got flack for that, really? Yeah, I got plenty of comments and people saying like, you know, these there's no facts here. This is all just conjecture and what? And like yeah. this hurts the Tesla brand and all this kind of stuff. Huh. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, it is what I, it is. I would like to believe really these are outliers. Group. I would I mean, I'd like to believe they're outliers because Yeah, yeah well, I, I think mean, it is just the just the people that are super obsessed with Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you, I mean, are there any other companies that come to mind specifically that you're excited about or that you're optimistic about? I mean, there's been a lot of stuff in the press lately, obviously about the likes of Rivian, which by the way, wow, I think their vehicles look astoundingly, sensationally good. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know, Rivian, uh, Neo's gotten a lot of talk lately. Uh, I saw Lucid. Oh yeah, Lucid, of course. Yeah. Really? Let's see. Yeah, I saw it. I was going up to San Francisco area, and wow. I saw it on the freeway and took a video of it. Wow! I, did I miss something? Are they actually officially for sale, or was this like a development vehicle? No, it was. Uh, it was one of their testers. Yeah, that, okay. It I has figured. this whole thing on the side of it that says four hundred mile range, and it's like wow. a big advertisement thing. And they were doing this whole campaign to prove that it could go LA to San Francisco on one charge. I mean, to be fair, can't the latest Model S? Yeah. Theoretically, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. Actually, doesn't Lucid have a showroom somewhere in LA now? 
I think they do actually. I might have been there a couple years ago, unless it unless I'm getting that confused. I feel like maybe a year ago or so it was opened. With respect to other potential players in this space, so are there any other? You said Lucid is one. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on Rivian? Out of curiosity, not a ton. I'm definitely excited to see when their product actually comes out and how it how it does and everything, because it seems like that's one that a lot of people are pretty excited about. Um, yeah. Even in like the Tesla fanboy community, you know that they'll say people super fans will say like Rivian hasn't made a product yet, but it seems the majority of people are still really excited about Rivian. Um, I'm excited to see that. I'm I'm still excited to see the VW ID three. Oh yeah, they've like they made a bunch of them and then they were having software problems. Um, <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I hopefully they'll figure that out because that looked like a cool car and it was like a hatchback, like a small hatchback. Um, and then Nissan's supposed to announce the Araya, if that's how you say it. A-R-I-Y-A. Um, I'm going to pull that up real quick. Did I miss that? Or yeah. How do you spell it? Um, A-R-I-Y-A. Oh, yeah. Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> That's Siri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got activated. I forgot to mute her. By the way, speaking of which, I have to say, I am very impressed with the voice commands in Tesla. Yeah? I Overall, am. I am, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. They just work. And to be to be honest, I find it's a lot easier. So, so this is one thing I'm not a fan of. I don't like it, adjusting the, the the climate control temperature with my finger while I'm driving on the screen. That just doesn't doesn't work. So I just mm-hmm. uh, it's just too bouncy. I don't know. I, I I do find that easier just to verbally request the temperature change. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but okay. So, so Rivian is potentially on the on the horizon. Uh, I think Ford mm-hmm. disappointed everybody when they said they're planning to be carbon neutral by like twenty fifty, and so so yeah. I think that's an absurd claim. But hey, if if the Mach E proves anything, I think they've got a an electric F one fifty. I think coming mm-hmm. up pretty soon, which that'll be huge. Yeah, and then uh, there's the Hummer. As yep, well. the Hummer, the electric Hummer. That'll be awesome. Um, I think they're going to make an electric Bronco as well, but I'm not entirely sure. That would make sense because I was just reading yesterday they're planning to spin off Bronco, I think, into its entirely separate brand. Oh, really? And what cooler way to do that than with a flagship electric version, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and even like GM, they announced their whole like, I forget what they called the project, but they had some like battery interfacing thing that they were going to put into a lot of their future cars. Hmm. Well, actually, speaking of GM, there is certainly Cadillac with their Super Cruise and soon mm-hmm. to be, what is it, Mega Cruise or Hyper Cruise, I guess. Um, you've not had a chance to try that by any chance, have you? No. Yeah, that, that actually intrigues me quite a bit, right? Are you somewhat familiar with how it works? Uh, no, let me... I'll look that it, up it's, as well. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth pulling it up. It, it's kind of neat. So it's basically that all the cars have access. I don't know. I assume it's local on the vehicle itself. But they have access to so-called, you know, HD maps of certain roads, certain regions, and so mm-hmm. the, the the autopilot that they, well, for lack of a better word, <laughs> the the self-driving yeah. kit that they use, uh, is tightly linked with that mapping data. So it's more reliant on the mapping data than, say, I guess, visual perception. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find it pretty intriguing because it's 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 definitely. Um, 
the, the concept of using HD mapping generally as a foundation for self-driving vehicles is something that's um, kind of presupposed by the likes of Here Technologies or DeepMap AI. So I spoke with uh, DeepMap's founder and CEO James Wu a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, th- so this 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 notion of having an HD map kind of backbone for any AV application, I think, makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. to the extent that GM can really capitalize on that, I think that's a pretty neat approach to take. Um, and it works okay too, right? Because the the, criti- the critique is that it's only going to work on certain roads, certain boulevards. But hey, if that's what level four driving is all about, right? The car can drive yeah. itself, except when it can't, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, then so be it. it. This is what I call kind of a virtual train. I mean, trains can't mm-hmm. go everywhere, but nobody said, oh, trains suck because they can't go everywhere. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. I'll have to, have you tried that out in person? No, I, I would love to. Uh, I'm not even yeah, sure if we too. have a Cadillac dealership anywhere here in NorCal, at least <laughs> not anywhere close. It's really bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, now that I'm, I'm curious to see if there's anything. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. So there's, they have a thing. I know Ford has, I think they're calling it Copilot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think is the best... I'll just ask technology? in general, like what is the best self-driving technology that you've seen in a car? And then if it happens to be Tesla, what's the next one? <laughs> well, uh, so admittedly, apart from pretty basic stuff like we had in our GLC, which was just really good lane keep assist and active cruise control, which if I'm honest, worked perfectly well enough. I mean, it really mm-hmm. did. But you're right. Tesla is definitely the best by far that I've that I've used. If I include okay. stuff that I've read about, I still think it's probably the best or at least the least bad. You know what's a better mm-hmm. way to describe it, I think? I think let's just describe them in terms of practicality. Like which car today has a thing which you just get on the road and without even thinking, you use the technology that it has as a matter of course all the time or mm-hmm. the majority of the time, right? And the truth is I do with Tesla and yeah. I often did with the GLC, but not all of the time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think Tesla are far away in the lead in that regard, no question. That said, I did just read that Lexus have announced their new flagship, I guess, the LS500 or whatever number they're on these days. Um, it's been finally fully kitted out with LiDAR. Oh, really? Yeah, which is pretty mind-blowing for a few reasons, not least of which because if it's true, and if indeed they release this to the general public, it should end up being the very first consumer vehicle with LiDAR. And that's a big deal because BMW had announced a couple of years ago, they had partnered up with Israel-based Innoviz to use their LiDAR kit on a 2021 BMW 3 Series. But I've not heard anything happening there. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's I'm looking a pretty at this, big deal. I'm looking for the Lexus. I'm seeing the, would it be the 2021? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm curious to see that happen and that battle happen because obviously Tesla's been very clear that they don't want to use LiDAR and they think it's inferior. So Um, you know who else kind of implicitly agreed with that though? It was none other than Waymo's CEO, John Krafzik. So have you heard, have you ever listened to um, Lex Friedman's podcast at MIT? Yeah. Uh Okay. So Lex is freaking awesome. I love his podcast. Um, I mean, obviously the guy's brilliant. 
And the folks he interviews are obviously the top of the industry. And he had a chat with, you know, John Krafzik. And as I recall, to paraphrase, John basically said, you know, look, maybe indeed LIDAR is kind of an interim solution if you accept the logical conclusion that that that, that computer vision will eventually get sufficiently good so as to render LIDAR obsolete, right? He mm-hmm. said, but so what? So what if it's an interim solution? It's an interim solution that we're going to need for like the next 10 years at least. Therefore, we better make it really good. And that was his point, right? So so, so what if eventually it's obsolete? Today, it's arguably the best. Um, mm-hmm. So it depends, as Master Obi-Wan would say, on your point of view, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. Because if you think about, uh, not to keep bringing up Tesla and Elon, but if you think about Elon, like in his brain, he's thinking about getting us to Mars. I know. And like, I know. So everything he's doing is thinking so far into the future. And we'll see if it pans out. I honestly don't know or don't have an opinion one way or another if cameras on Teslas are going to be the way to go or if LiDAR is going to be the way to go. Um, but I'm just really curious to see it all pan out. I'm and you know excited what? about it. What you just said is a really good point. From a consumer point of view, certainly, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. how many consumers, how many passengers do you think who are not hopeless av geeks like me, uh, how many passengers do you think when they fly, they actually book their flights based on whether they're flying on an Airbus A380 or a 747-400? I mean, I actually do yeah. this stuff. I'm not joking. I really do genuinely pick flights based on the metal. Um, really? Yeah, yeah for sure. My wife the same way. We are hopeless av geeks when it comes to flying. Um, my point being, at the end of the day, not only will consumers not care what the technology is, they shouldn't care what the technology is. Yeah. And in fact, with respect to aviation, when Airbus first brought over the formerly military-grade tech of fly-by-wire flight controls, which was just computer-assisted, computer-controlled uh, flight control surfaces on the aircraft rather than hydraulic, say, mm-hmm. I mean really roughly paraphrasing the logic was look nobody knows if it's good enough or it's safe enough safe enough and so they just said well look let's just see how it performs if it's at least as good as the status quo boeing then it's fine and my concern right now um and this is probably a segue for some future chat at some point if you like but i just think that going forward we really and i've said this a bunch in the past we eventually are going to really need a proper uh, what i call federal autonomous vehicle administration an fava um, because mm-hmm. I think eventually we really do need to have these standards ironed out. Like you and I shouldn't be debating or even asking each other, hey, what do you think's better, LIDAR or computer vision? This shouldn't even be the question. All that really matters is, is it good enough? Does it work? Does it satisfy yeah. the, the minimal uh, state-of-the-art sort of standard, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. the question people should be asking. Who cares what the thing is? I don't care if it's a lollipop or a popsicle. If it tastes good and it works, right? <laughs> yeah. And to your point about like having an administration like that, I'll be curious to see if I think it's going to get to a point where certain roads and stuff you like, you won't even be allowed to drive. Like you're oh, for sure. locked out of your car. For sure. I think that'll absolutely be the case. I mean, as mm-hmm. an attorney, one of the things that fascinates me about this is precisely that notion that, that how do you do that, that gradual transition though, right? How do you phase out what Americans more than any other country in the world really perceive as a as a basic human right actually rather than a privilege how do you phase that out and i don't think it's that far-fetched if you look at things like um the toll roads in socal 
Like I love mm-hmm. the 73 going through OC. I don't think I've ever not driven the 73, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look yeah. at carpool lanes, fast track lanes, whatever. We already kind of, kind of already have that sort of a thing. And so you just gradually phase those out to human-driven driving and restrict them only to autonomous driving in those lanes. I think that's the way you do it. Also in cities, on the flip side, in cities, I think you limit it to certain roads, certain boulevards. I mean, look, it's sort of a wheeled version of pedestrian roads, right? Third Street Promenade in LA, prime example. Many of the streets now in SF finally shut down to privately driven cars. If, you're okay, if, if people are okay shutting down streets to cars entirely, or if indeed we're okay with streets being open only to streetcar, you know, muni trains and whatever, then I think it's a very small leap to go one step further and say, hey, yeah, you can only have autonomous cars on these roads. I don't think that's a big leap. Yeah. I, hope. I totally see. And especially if the numbers back it up of like, this is how many lives this is going to save. Yeah, I think if the numbers speak for themselves, I think it'll just be a no-brainer. I mean, right? So, yeah. Well, cool, man. Look, we've already gone way over time. I mean, with respect for your time, we should probably uh, call it quits. I feel like I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. I've enjoyed yeah. this. No, it's been pretty swell. Uh, look, what can I say? Uh, obviously, like I said, huge fan of your podcast. Uh, to everybody listening, please do check out Ryan Shaw Tech. He's got both his audio podcast. He's got a fantastic video series that he does as well on YouTube. Really great stuff. Um, and yeah, what can I say? Thanks so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, we'll keep in touch. Let's talk soon. All right, sounds great. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, well, that is a wrap for today. And indeed, this week, please don't forget to subscribe to Ryan's YouTube channel. Again, just search YouTube for Ryan Shaw Tech and click the subscribe button. Meanwhile, have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks again so much for listening. Bye-bye.